Hello, hello. Hello. And welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Tammany Hall, but for ghosts. But for festive ghosts. Festive ghosts. But it is it is it is Christmas week. Oh. Ho ho ho. <laughs> Why is Santa so British? I don't know. So posh. I was debating about before we, before we started recording, I decided to look up what reindeer sound like. Oh god, it was terrible. And I was gonna try guys. to try to it make the, the reindeer sound. Sort of sound. piggish. It's like, it sounds like a pig. It does sound like a pig. But then it went no, it didn't do that. It was... <laughs> did not do that. That's why I know it didn't do. I'm trying to make that They didn't sound like a rooster. It was really weird. <laughs> How bizarre. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid like a, like a weird barking sort of snuffly sound after the snuffles. After the snuffles. Like... <laughs> anyway, if anyone wants a good time, look up reindeer sounds. Oh, gosh. Well, welcome, welcome, everyone. <laughs> uh, we're so excited to be with you uh, on this, this Christmas week. And, of course, for whatever holidays you celebrate, we're happy, wishing the, the happiest of holidays for, for, for all those for holidays. For all of them. Uh, but we're so excited to be here with you today. Um, last year on the show, we opened with a song. We did. Um, this year we opened with me making yeah. reindeer noises. <laughs> last year we, we opened with the Del B... Something in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories. And then we stopped. Because there are ghost stories. There are ghost stories. And it's a tradition at Christmas. Yeah. We learned that last year on the show, if you you didn't hear, go back to to one year ago to our episode, that there's a rich tradition stemming from England that you tell ghost stories around Christmas. Because it gets dark early. Now this, this is not, we are not really living up to that tradition because we got ghost stories all the time. <laughs> it just so happens to be Christmas. Right. But I do have a ghost story today. Okay. And we're going to get into it just a bit. Okay. But before we do, mm. uh, a few things I think is really important. We had, I like to believe, our best year yet. And I know we've only been around for like <laughs> a little over a year. But, you know, as 2022 comes to an end, we had a really uh, super successful year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... We all wait all year long for our Spotify wrapped. Obviously. And um, I we... learn a lot about myself with that Rorschach test of a. I know. And we got our own Spotify wrap this year for our podcast. Man. And now, of course, all the information we got from this are all, it's only like rooted in people who listen to our show on Spotify, which is a lot of you. A lot of mm-hmm. you listen to, to us on the old Spotify. And also, big thanks to all of you who like posted yeah. how we were on your top five. That was really amazing. We really appreciate it. But, um, you know, we we read our, our, our holiday wrap. And last year, we know that our holiday wrap wasn't as accurate because we had just started. And so it was only from Sweet. July to December. But this year was a full calendar year of 2022. And we had some really fascinating statistics. I just thought I'd share a little bit of them. I'm I know ready. this is kind of very self-serving. Well. Um, but, you know. You know. Apparently, Christina. I'm ready. In the year 2022. Mm-hmm. And this is all anyone, not, not just Spotify listeners, because... Spotify listeners get the same exact listen that everyone else gets. We created 2,016 minutes of new content. You all listen to our voices for 2,016 minutes. You listen to my voice scream for 1,008 minutes. (laughs) So we're assuming that the rest is... (laughs) (laughs) The rest is the episode. 1,008 of them are just me going... uh, And apparently that's more than 95 other... Creator percent of other creators in our category. Really? In, in true crime. 
So like, you know, we, we record a lot of stuff. We're working. We're working hard. We work hard. <laughs> more than 95%. My word. That's a lot. You ask our our number one list, most listened to episode this calendar year. Ooh. This calendar year. Interesting. Uh, Want to take a guess? Um, I, I bet it's, okay. I bet it's the Odyssey study group. It is episode 33. Cult following the Odyssey study group. Yeah. Yeah. We had 361% more streams on our average episode. How many? 300. So that's our most listened to episode. I think, I think that's actually not just Spotify as well. I think that's across um, all of our episodes, uh, all platforms. Interesting. I think, I think the Odyssey study group is our most listened to episode this uh I love that. This year, which is really great. We love that episode. Um, and we love the companion piece to it, uh, interviewing the the um, two or the mem- former members of the group. Big and shout out have, to Spencer and Esther. Yeah, big shout out to Spencer and Esther. And Esther. Um, we were heard in 34 countries. Among those countries were the U.S. Our number two was Sweden. Sweden. South Africa, Singapore, and the U.K. Huh. Sweden. Sweden. Wow. Okay. All right. Is this entertaining? Do you like like hearing our Spotify raps? <laughs> Regardless, you're getting is this, it. <laughs> is this good radio? Um, our podcast was in the top twenty five percent most shared globally. Oh, which is pretty. That's great. wild. And we are in the top fifteen percent of the most followed podcasts. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's somehow crazy to me. And we're um, we are a top ten podcast for 111 of our fans. Oh. So 111 people who listen to us via Spotify. We're in their top ten. We're top five for 62 of them, and we are the number one podcast for 18 people. Thank you guys. That's and, lovely. And I love that number. Eight, 18, 18 of you think we are the best. Thank you for that. That's lovely. Uh, like That's it. lovely. So well, thanks, thanks for folks. thanks to everyone who listens to us, uh, however you listen to us, whether it be on Spotify, whether it's on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, Audible, the the Stitcher, all the things, the Google, oh, we're, we're, we're everywhere, Amazon. Uh, we thank you for listening to us this this year, and uh, we're we're so grateful. And so, yeah. um, keep listening. Keep listening. <laughs> we have some some fun stuff going on. Um, as I mentioned last week on the show, uh, we have a really great Patreon uh, um, sale going on. If oh, you yeah. if you join our top tier of Patreon uh, for this month only, if you join it this month only, that one hundred level. $100 level uh, on Patreon, you'll get it for only $50 forever. <gasps> forever and ever and ever. If you join our Patreon at our top tier, you get that for $50 in perpetuity forever. You never need to pay the $100 level for it. It's always going to be $50 for you until you don't want to be our patron anymore. You get patron episodes. You get a mug. You get a sticker. You get voting privileges. And you get a sandwich. You get a sandwich. Custom sandwich. And that is that. Well... As I promised, this week—that's right, Christmas week. I'm ready. I I was determined last year to find us a, a full-on haunting for Christmas. Lovely. And I think I uh, I think I succeeded. Okay. So, here on the show, we report a lot of hauntings and a lot of strange occurrences and some weird ass shit. Kind of our shtick. It's kind of what we do, right? <laughs> but it's always a special type of story when the main source. Is the New York Times. Ooh. And in this story, our main source of information is the newspaper of the world. It is mm. the New York Times. Our story takes place in the Wallabout area of Brooklyn. Oh. That's the right on the border of Clinton Hill and Fort Greene. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The address is 136 Clinton Avenue, and it is known as Lefferts Laidlaw House. Okay. Um, now, I happen to know exactly where this place is. Do you? Because I have zero clue. Because I teach at St. Joseph's University, and that's just a five-minute walk from the campus. Oh. It's literally. I oh, see, man, I didn't know that. I pass by it every single day. Wow. Did you know passing by that it was a haunted not when I went there, because mm-hmm. I also went there. Um, when I, by the time I started teaching there, I did know okay. that, it, that it was has this haunted history, mm-hmm. and I never got a chance to go in it. It's you know it's private property. Mm. Uh, we'll get into it in a little bit though. So, um, the 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 site was originally part of a 100 foot wide by 246 foot deep tract of land purchased in 1834 by Mister Henry Ryer, a Manhattan merchant. Ryer divided the property located on the west side of Clinton Avenue into four 25-foot uh, lots. Okay. After a few sales and repurchases, the land was bought by Rem Lefferts, a Brooklyn merchant, and his brother-in-law, John Laidlaw. Now, that name, Lefferts, should so sound familiar. familiar because there's an area in Brooklyn called Lefferts Gardens, mm-hmm. and that's named after the Lefferts family, which is a big Brooklyn family with a lot of history. Right. The main portion of the house is built in 1840, and the house is a two-story frame building in the temple-fronted Greek revival style. For more on this, please tune into our other podcast, Adam and Christina Talk About New York Architecture. <laughs> two people who know nothing about New York architecture. Talk at length about it. Talk at length about it. Don't miss it in the new year. <laughs> Subscribe now. Um... It consists of two of a two-story central section with a one-story south elevation and a two-story rear extension, and the front facade features a gabled portico supported by four Corinthian fluted columns Ooh. with an iconic uh, entablature and pediment. I will say the Corinthian columns are my favorite columns of all the columns. Of all the columns, I was going to make a, a Bible joke. I love, I love those, I love those columns as well, especially when they talk about love being patient and kind. Right there, you go. It's my favorite type of column. <laughs> And this is this is an image of the house. Ooh, um, it's a pretty old house. Yeah, and I'll post it on the on the socials. Um, and yeah, and that, it looks just like this now. It's still like in this condition. It looks like a house you'd see. Like honestly, I read a I read another article. I read that it's very much in the style that you'd see in an old, old plantation in the south. Yeah, it's I very can much see a plantation that. style. It also makes sense that you talked about like Corinthian columns and entablatures and pediments and that kind of thing, and it does look a little Greek temple-y too. Yeah, it looks very Greek temple-y. Um, yeah. So the first residents were Lefferts, 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 Lefferts Jr. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> professor, professor. Yeah. It's it's there's a who's on first joke in here somewhere. Like, what's your first name? Lefferts. Last name? Lefferts. Lefferts. No, I said your last name. Lefferts. It's Leffert Lefferts Junior. Oh, I'm sorry. Singular plural. <laughs> Singular plural. And uh, that's the that's that's Ram Leffert, the uh, the guy who bought. That's his older brother. Um, and Amelia Ann Cozine Lefferts, um, the the, oh, the wife. It's so funny that someone's older. Or or younger brother? What was it? The- this is my this is my younger brother, Leffert. Leffert Lefferts? Yeah. Yep. 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 Know. We're Rem and Leffert Lefferts. It's like they ran out of ideas. <laughs> like, I don't just repeat the name, guys. Uh, in November eighteen forty three, Lefferts sold the property to his sister, Sarah Lefferts Millard, and her brother in and his brother in law, A. Orville Millard. In eighteen forty nine, Sarah Miller died uh following the birth of her sixth child. Yeah. Millard uh, owns the home until he sells it again, and it's purchased 
by the real estate investor Robert Beige in 1854. It eventually is purchased by Edward F. Smith, um, and it is with Mr. Smith that our story unfolds. Ooh, okay. I don't know when it gets when it gets into Smith's hands. There's a little gap in the history from 1854 to 1878, and oh, along those lines, we find you know. And so, further reading on, um, there may be a chance that um, Smith didn't own it per se, but rented it or just you know lived there for okay. and, and someone did own it and that's also a comment of the time someone owns it and like someone else lives in the house right just, you know the case may be um but yeah our story centers around um edward f smith he's our main character today okay. so the new york times would publish an article on december 20th 1878 headline on page five on that day read quote city of phenomena ghosts in brooklyn oh from the article. Brooklyn has a new sensation, which is not at all singular in that city of mysteries and sensations. One family in particular, and all Brooklynites in general, are puzzling their brains over some mysterious phenomena which has recently been occurring at number 136 Clinton Avenue, where the Edward F. Smith and family and two boarders, uh, R.B. Thomas and wife, have resided more than two years. One evening, between two or three weeks ago, Mr. Smith's front doorbell rang, and he went to the door to see who was there, Nobody was there. And no small boy was seen running down the street. Mr. Mr. Smith then went back to the sitting room disgusted. And the doorbell rang again. Hmm. Mr. Smith was again disappointed for no one was at the door. Not even a deserted babe in the market basket. (laughs) It's like the New York Times. Have you not lost your sass? We love it. We love to see how sassy you are. The most sassy article ever. The bell rang several times that night, and at the same time, the two rear doors of the house were kicked and rattled and banged with great rigor, while the most careful search failed to reveal the presence of anyone uh, at the doors or any reason why the doors should be rattled and why the bell rang. Finally, Mr. Smith concluded that it was, quote, only the wind, and at the late hour, the family retired, and nothing more was heard that night. So it's a few weeks before Christmas, 1878. Smith is home, doorbell rings, opens the door, no one's there. Right, not even a boy or a babe in a market basket. (laughs) The New York Times, it's like, the first time I read this, I I was reading it very serious, and I'm like, this is phrasing is really weird i'm like oh no they're being they're being they're being sassy yeah they're they're making a joke they're they're, they're making fun of these people great great great. new york times don't (laughs) glad you haven't lost your charm um yeah and the ringing continues throughout the night and then all of a sudden there's violent banging at the door i mean fuck right yeah that's very bizarre now here's the thing the story doesn't end here okay the next night the ringing bells are back and then the commotion Becomes a nightly occurrence. Oh no. Smith has no idea what's causing the noise. Is it a kid running back and forth, perhaps? No, no kid. Soon enough, everyone in the house starts to get aggravated and wants to find an answer to what's happening. From the New York Times. The whole family devoted themselves to the task of solving the mystery which surrounded the phenomena. A watch was placed at each door and a guard placed in the yard. It was of no use, for the doors rattled and pounded just as violently, and the bell rang 
all it's a custom loudness when you said that there was a watch played they just took their watch off and like, let's put that I was like, let's see what, what happens bizarre thing let's put our wrist let's, everyone take <laughs> your, your wrist watches and put them by the doors <laughs> for whoever is hunting perhaps wants to know the time they need to know the time maybe if they knew the time they wouldn't be ringing the bell incessantly they're all British, apparently. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. It could have been like a, like a, one of those magnetic things, like see if the the, the dials don't spin. No, yeah, no. no, it was a, a person. Oh, they had a human. They, okay, they a human I, get being. I get it now. Smith was determined to find out what's causing these disturbances every night. Now, all the women, they note in the New York Times, all the women of the house mm-hmm. begin to think that it wasn't the doing of anything living. Those irrational women. They thought it was something of the paranormal. Mm. Because you know women. They yeah, go to ghosts. Go immediately like, yep, got to be I paranormal. I mean, you go to ghosts. I do go to ghosts, actually. You do know I go to ghosts and I go to aliens. We literally I had a conversation like on the show like a few weeks ago and I was like, now logically, you should not jump to ghosts. And you're like, of course you jump to ghosts. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, there uh, it is. Or you could. But we're not here in the New York Mystery Machine. We're not saying that all women do that. Just Christina. Just me. <laughs> co-signed. Yep. Co-signed. Um, uh, so the women think perhaps it's something more paranormal. But Mr. Smith wants none of that talk, right? Mm-hmm. He's not a believer of spiritualism. He's not a believer of the paranormal. Now, spiritualism at the time um, is on the rise. Is if this you, around the time of the Fox Sisters? This is at the time of the Fox Sisters okay. that we spoke about. Um, spiritualism is is a booming business, um, literally a booming business. People mm-hmm. are making money off of spiritualism. And also people are like really, really vast believers in it. They are clinging on to it. We are post-Civil War, yeah. right? So we're living in the time where so many people want to get in touch with their loved ones mm-hmm. who died. Yeah. And so spiritualism becomes a huge phenomenon during this time, especially in New York, as we spoke about when we spoke uh, about the Fox Sisters a few months back. Go head over Go to listen. our backlog to the Fox Sisters. We will backlog. That's crazy. Go on. Um, the thought that this was some spirit actually angered him and further motivated him to figure out just what the heck was happening every single night. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, no, <laughs> no, I hate, now I will find out just to prove you wrong, women. <laughs> I was going to say, you stupid women. Gosh. Dumb broads. Think it's thinking it's a ghost. Show so you. Smith comes up with an idea. He decides that he's going to track whoever's ringing, banging, and running, right? Mm-hmm. He is going to sprinkle ash and flour along the path to the door. That way, at minimum, they can at least get a sense of the size of the person doing this. Is Mm -hmm. it a kid? Is it an adult? Some sort of animal? Who knows, right? Right. But at least you can get a sense of a print. In the best case scenario, perhaps he could be able to track the footprints. Right. To see where this person's going. Or see someone walking around town covered in flour. Yeah, you know. One evening that week, he sets out and completes his plan. He gets the ash and the flour. Sprinkles it along the path. There would literally be no way to escape stepping in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like especially if a person is running after a ring, like the, the timing of it all. Right. There's no way you can carefully <laughs> tiptoe over the tiptoe over it. So he's like very specific about this. So as always, night falls, the bell rings. Mm-hmm. He runs. And of course, no one's there. He looks down, expecting to find footprints left behind, mm-hmm. but the substances were undisturbed. Really? Nothing is there. It's just pure ash and flour. That's no prints, so nothing. Weird. Well, of course, this begins to frustrate Smith even more. 
he would not give in to the idea that this is anything paranormal. He just mm-hmm. would not do it. So he contacts the Brooklyn Police Department. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is before the city of Greater New York consolidation in 1898. Um, so we have Brooklyn at its own separate city, so yeah. they have their own special police force. And actually, the Brooklyn PD at the time is actually quite good. They do really great work. They oh. actually solve crimes and shit. Like They're actually like wow. a pretty good police department. Look at that. Um, so they're on the case from the New York Times. Quote, Then... Mr. Smith sought the aid of Brooklyn's infallible police and Captain McLaughlin of the 4th Precinct. He was persuaded to look into the matter. The captain and Detective Prio went to the house last Monday evening determined to capture the ghost and treat it to a night's lodging in a police cell. (laughs) They had been at the house only a few moments when the familiar pounding and ringing began and they were utterly unable to fathom the mystery. The disturbances ceased at 10 o'clock, and the police officers left completely mystified. So now we know that it's not just regulated to the family, like anyone who's hearing this, everyone is like confused as hell. Right. New theory. Someone is like spider-manning down on like a rope from above on the on the columns on the columns scaling the columns up and down yeah i mean that seems to be (laughs) the only other option oh the other option so that's monday night that's a monday night of of that the next week so then the next night on the tuesday captain mclaughlin comes back again he and detective prio have the same experience as the night before the same thing happens that's been happening every single night for the same week once again knocks rings all that jazz and you know what it leaves the officers feeling pretty salty because mm-hmm. they don't like when things are being pulled over their their head right no wool over their eyes no wool over their no. eyes so they decide that the next night they are not fucking around anymore <laughs> they are bringing reinforcements they bring a platoon of police officers to this house there's something they bring- very hilarious about this yeah, I know. So it's like a platoon of like, no, 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 we're going to catch the fucker. We're going to catch. What's the, he doing? He's ringing the bell a lot. No. No! <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get this. So they decide to bring an entire, like, platoon of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Well, um, no, not of ghosts. Oh, no. <laughs> they decide to bring an entire platoon. I'll show you. <laughs> platoon of, of police officers. Uh, but as they bring more people into the house, whatever is causing these issues, well, it amplifies them a bit. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what happens when we get back from our break. If you ever look at our logo, you may notice a cute, furry, black and white creature hanging out the window. That's Ted. When he's not hanging out inside the New York Mystery Machine, Ted is enjoying treats from BarkBox. BarkBox is the dog-obsessed company that's devoted to one goal, making dogs happy. It's a monthly subscription, totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your furry friends. BarkBox provides the best products, services, and content for pups and their people. Every box brings your dog more than $40 worth of toys and treats. Your first box ships immediately. Plus... BarkBox offers a 100% happy guarantee. If your pup isn't happy with their BarkBox, they'll work to make it right. So are you ready to spoil your pup with a BarkBox of their very own? 
If so, head over to www.barkbox.com slash nymysterymachine. If you use our exclusive link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox valued at $35 when you sign up for multi-length plans. Okay, okay, Tedward. I'll say it again for them. Head to www.barkbox.com slash nymysterymachine and get your pup some treats today. The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. And we're back. So y'all remember what happens. There's ding-dongs. There's knock-knock-knocks. <laughs> there's shaking, shaking, shaking. There's all these things at this house every single night. And it's almost Christmas. And it's almost Christmas. And they're trying to like figure out who's doing this. Right. Um, and so uh, Captain McLaughlin is like, no, I'm tired of this shit. My guys, we're going to bring them all in. So they bring an entire like platoon of officers to see what happens. The New York Times reports the following. On Wednesday evening, the disappointed captain posted several officers around the house with instructions to note the slightest movement that might be made. Then he and the detective stationed themselves just inside the door, ready to open it the instant the bell was rung, while an officer outside kept his eyes fastened, Mm. steady upon the door. Super smart, right? They're right. like covering all bases. Both, both sides. They are literally at the door. Someone's looking at the front of the door. There's no way anyone could miss this. Right. In a moment or two, the bell rang violently and several heavy blows were struck upon the door in quick succession. Hmm. Like boom, 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 boom. The captain sprang out of the door and clutched just what the officer on guard outside had seen. Empty space. Nothing more. Yowza. A path leads from the front yard around the house to the two rear doors. As the house stands several feet from the buildings adjoining on either side. This path was securely guarded by the policemen. And yet, while Captain McLaughlin was trying to recover from his astonishment at the front door, a large brick was suddenly thrown through the dining room window, which fronts on the path, shivering the glass and falling inside the room. The brick must have been thrown from the pathway, but the officers are positive that no person was there. How is that? So a brick just materializes and goes whoop. A brick materializes out of nowhere and just goes into the dining room. Good Lord. Crashes in, and they have no idea how this happens. They don't know how it caused it. All they know is that it happened. Right. Right? And they can't explain it. From where it crashes, that is the being the dining room, they determined it, it had to be thrown on the path outside. Right. There was no other way. Just like, there's no other way. But at the same time, people are looking at this path. I was going to say, it, it, there's, there's, there's multiple eyes officers on that are every, watching this whole thing. There's eyes on every inch of this house. There's eyes on every inch of this path. Like Good there's, Lord. And yet somehow, some way, a brick goes through the 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 window 
weird. Materializes out of nowhere and shatters the glass. <sighs> but again, officers see nothing. Frustration. Fright. Scared. Yeah. <laughs> Soon after, the house gets thoroughly searched. Mm-hmm. Um, they they say basically it's almost ransacked. They just mm-hmm. search every single thing. And the police are now looking for, for wires. They're looking for contraptions. Mm-hmm. They're looking for anything that can solve this mystery. They're like, I don't know, maybe something like swung that brick in from a right. spot we didn't know. Maybe it slingshotted from within the house. I don't know all these things. Yeah, They're trying to determine what's happening and they keep coming up short. The police try to decide perhaps maybe maybe it's an elaborate hoax. Maybe the family's doing this for some sort of publicity. Right. Maybe they're maybe someone's able to get into the house and set this all up. So maybe it isn't the family, but someone is like pranking the family. Right. They're asking a ton of questions, questions that no one seems to have the answers to. Not even these officers who are working their asses off yeah. like, in the middle of the night trying to figure this out. Absolutely losing their minds. Absolutely losing their <laughs> minds. There's knocking. There's banging. There's bricks through the window. There's insanity. <laughs> the Times wrote that a reporter actually headed to the house. Okay. Um, and it wasn't said that if that reporter was the author of the story or not and they they wrote this the reporter in the third person i was gonna say it feels like a very coy but it feels 19th very much century, like, like like a one reporter went, one reporter went to the house and that reporter the disciple like, jesus loves yeah you? we know it's you john is it you are you the reporter just say it's you you sound pretentious talking to them. are you the rock are you the rock the rock went to the building to see what was happening the reporter says know your role and watch this brick um <laughs> Any case, it seems that they're the one and the same. To the reporter's astonishment, he says that there are crowds gathered around outside. Mm-hmm. Crowds. They're all hoping to see what's happening to this house that's been happening for the last, like, basically week and a half, two weeks. From the New York Times. A Times reporter visited number 136 New, uh, Clinton Avenue late last evening, whistling to keep his courage up as he turned the corner from Myrtle Avenue to Clinton Avenue, he saw a crowd of several hundred men, women and children, standing in front of the quote-unquote haunted house and a single policeman vainly trying to make them move on. Mm -hmm. Pushing through the throng and hearing many subdued stories about Stewart's ghosts, the reporter dodged the policeman got into the yard and was at the door in as quick time as a ghost could have done it. Hmm. In answer to the bell, the door was quickly opened, of course. Obviously. They're all <laughs> waiting. They're like, I'm ready for you. I know. It's like, it's like of course, you're, someone's going to come to the door real quick yeah. and you're going to ring a The door is open quickly and, and to, to answer his inquiries is Mr. Arby Thomas, who was one of Mr. Smith's boarders that he okay. mentioned earlier. And wife, as I recall. Yep. <laughs> The reporter was informed that Mr. Smith was at home but was prostrated with nervousness and could not be interviewed. Quote, Are the ghosts at work tonight? Asked a reporter who was grievously disappointed by Mr. Thomas's reply. When was to the effect that everything was as quiet as could be, the police were no longer on the watch, and the crowd outside was the nearest approach to anything ghostly that had been seen or heard during the evening. So... Nothing's happening tonight. Right. When everyone's out there, nothing's happening. Figures. So will the men in the house turn into believers of the paranormal now? No. 
Well, yes and no. Okay. Which is kind of crazy. Because at this point, you have to say to yourself, there's something happening here. Yeah, something weird's happening. If this shit's all true, mm-hmm. something's happening Something, here. Something's up. Mr. Thomas says uh, the following to the New York Times reporter. Mr. Thomas said that he knew no earthly power had caused the phenomena which had been witnessed for the, the for two weeks past. But he was not prepared to admit that any spiritual agency had been at work, for he had no faith in any spiritualism doctrine. Mr. Smith, he said, was inclined to lay it all to some evil spirit which had a grudge against the occupant of the house. Several spiritualists have been there and requested permission to hold seance in the evening, which had been refused. Quote, they won't get in here, said Mr. Thomas. We consider ourselves perfectly able to take care of any ghost that comes along without any help from spiritualists. So he's willing to admit that. Yeah, it's it's an evil spirit, but I need a ghost. And if it is a ghost, we can handle the ghosts. Okay, All right. Like, um, but have you been able to handle a ghost? <laughs> because, boo. Um, Doesn't seem like you're handling it real great. In like two weeks, you've been driving everyone quick, right? Yeah. <laughs> everyone's going crazy. Please going crazy. Everyone's going crazy. So, like, yeah, you're admitting ghosts. Yeah. Uh, um, the whole thing, in a nutshell, is just this, continues Mr. Thomas. We have had the most mysterious sounds and actions about the house for a fortnight. We have tried our best to fathom the mystery. The police have tried and failed. We don't know what it is, but we do know that it is no earthly agency. So, again, a ghost. So, again, a ghost. But that's not how the story ends. Okay. We're we're close, but not just yet. Okay. Because the New York Times publishes a second article the very next day. Okay. On December 21st, they follow up on the house. Which is like, what are you guys doing? Right. Is nothing else happening? You're following up with this ghost house. Also, I never like if you were the New York Times now, do you ever like see like random ghost stories in the New York Times? I feel like they've dropped the ball on this. Yeah. Need to bring those back. Get your shit together. The uh, second article on the twenty first is printed and it it, it reads The Brooklyn Ghost. (laughs) The proprietor of the ghostly determines that it is old Nick himself and drives him off with a prayer. Mr. Edward F. Smith, at whose residence in Brooklyn, a hitherto unknown something has been holding high carnival for the past two weeks, has reported in the Times yesterday, as reported in the Times yesterday, has solved the mystery. Mr. Smith has made the mysterious bell ringing, door knocking, and brick throwing, which so long disturbed the peace and quiet of his family fireside, the subject of a long and earnest prayer, and is now convinced that the invisible cause of all the phenomena is no less a personage than Satanic Majesty himself. Oh! So he's like, is not a ghost. It was the, the devil. devil. <laughs> the devil is at play here, kids. Uh-huh. But what is much more satisfactory and conductive to the peace of mind of all concerned is the fact that the same prayer, by means of which the devil's hand is mysterious doings was revealed, has also exercised the evil one. And Mr. Smith is confident that he will be troubled no more with satanic visitations. So he performed a sort of 
exorcism. Yeah, basically he does some prayers and he's like, as he's praying, he's like, oh, you're not a ghost, you're Satan! Be gone! Be gone, Satan! And he went. And then he leaves. All right. That's pretty cool. That's <laughs> really... Guy's pretty impressive, honestly. Smith says that after his prayer to remove Satan, all the disturbances stop. However, his bell actually rings more than ever. But worry not, it's not th- these rings actually have a source that's that's made of flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. They're all the spiritualists trying to get inside <laughs> and hold seances to get into the house. Um, Smith tells them all to leave. He didn't want, he didn't need seances. He just wanted peace. Yeah. They refused to go, so the police were called to break it up from the New York Times. Quote, the throng finally became so noisy and clamorous for the ghost to appear that Captain McLaughlin undertook a disper- undertook to disperse them. One powerful German refused to move on, and when the captain arrested him, he fought desperately. During the struggle, the angry man caught one of the captain's fingers between his teeth oh. and bit and bit till blood came. Oh my god. He was finally overpowered and locked up, and Captain McLaughlin now has a sore finger to keep yeah. him in remembrance of the quote Clinton Avenue ghosts, which Mr. Smith thinks is the devil. <laughs> what a, what a... So what caused these disturbances? Smith thinks it's Satan. Right. No. Uh, other locals in the area were suggesting that there's a theory that uh, one possible source of the haunting was uh, of a lawyer who committed suicide in the house. Mm-hmm. Now, I looked. I could not find. Yeah. But again, there's a chunk of time well, that I couldn't find anything, anything about yeah, the house. That's interesting. So it could be in that you know chunk. Um, but a bunch of the locals around the area were, were all talking about this. But um, Smith refuted it. And he just doubles down the Satan theory. Mm-hmm. He's like, nope, Satan. It was Satan and he's gone. As for the police, they were not prepared to accept the devil hypothesis <laughs> and were, quote, ready to swear that they have heard and seen the startling demonstrations and they are morally certain that it's beyond all human probability that any earthly hands pulled the bell, pounded the door, or threw a brick through the dining room window. Yowza. And there you have it. Peace Good at last. Lord. But a Christmas mystery never really truly solved, unless you're Mr. Smith who truly Who's feels really solved. pretty good. No, but he's incorrect. I don't believe that for a minute. What would it? I, that's wild. I mean, I, I think it's paranormal. If this is true, I think it's paranormal. I don't know yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, no, it's obviously paranormal. I just, I, I wish I don't I, know if it's ghost, demon, poltergeist, devil. I don't know. Weird. It's weird that a, a simple prayer makes it stop. Because, like, you know, people work real hard to get rid of <laughs> basic ghosts, let alone poltergeists. Right. Remember Popper back in season one. Right. You can get rid of Popper. Good. Go back to Backlog. Hmm. A lot of references to the Backlog. That's crazy. 136 Clinton Avenue is landmarked, as as you can tell. It is it because in, of this? Is well, it landmarked because no, of this No, because moment? of the architecture. Oh. oh, right. And the fact that the Lefferts live there. Um, oh, yeah, them. <laughs> Lefferts, Lefferson. <laughs> but it had an incredibly hard time being sell, sold for years. Um, it was on the market over and over again. As I looked, as I did research, throughout all the early 2000s, it was on the market. Hmm. Then it would get stopped and renovated. Then the, the early, then the 2010s. It appears to have finally been sold between 2019 and 2020 okay. for around $3.6 million. Okay. Um, the, a lot of money. Pr- the price had dropped a few times during that time. And it's said to have been bought by someone in the fashion industry. There's there's no name on the... I'm sure you can find it in life, but I couldn't. Fascinating. And maybe it was not 
you know, people don't want to buy it because it was haunted, haunted. and haunted. It's a gorgeous looking house. It's beautiful. I mean, the prime location. Prime location. Gorgeous house. There's a, there's a there's a there's a, a Connecticut muffin around the corner. Oh well, I, I mean, mean, I don't know what that is. Connecticut muffin. No, no idea. It's like a little uh, little breakfast place. It's a, little, it's a chain. Why is it Connecticut? What do I know? That's the name All of the right, company. I'm just clarifying. They make good muffins, though. I will say. Okay. Every a, a, a few a few times a, times a week I'll go. There. I'll go every time I go to teach. I go to the coffee. There. Right. But sometimes I get I get a muffin there as well. All right, I'll have to try that. Um, that's a weird story. It's a weird story. I've been wanting to do this story for a while. I actually wanted to do this in season one, and I didn't get a chance to do it. And um, I thought about doing it on Halloween this year. I said, oh, no, wait, this is a Christmas, Christmas. mystery. So uh, that's why it's our Christmas episode this year. What a bizarre um, little... And as, Chris, uh, as you know, as by December 21st, things seemed fine. So Christmas was peaceful for was Mr. Beautiful. Smith and company. I kind of wonder if... Uh... It was Santa? I was going to say, if it's Santa, could be Santa, could be... Uh... You're being naughty. <laughs> he is a brick. <laughs> be better! <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> what's the... What's the... What's the... Uh, what's the... Uh, the the Belschnickel. It could be the Belschnickel. Oh, God. <laughs> it could be the Belschnickel. Be Krampus. Right. Be all the... All the evil versions of Santa Claus. Right. Um... Good lord! I kind of hope that I, mean, I don't hope for anyone who lives there, but kind of kind of wish it was like a cyclical thing, like every twenty first of December it just rings the bell. Well, it would be the it'd be it'd be like oh. the fourteenth. That's like a couple weeks before this article. Up came until in. the yeah. right, I see. It's hmm. the week before that, and then the week of, I see, I see. of the article because so, that's when the reporter goes. Right. Uh, so if you live in the house. Yeah, if and, you live in the uh, house and you won't listen to this episode, you're like a weird fashion icon, apparently. I don't know what you're Or you maybe you're a weird fashion icon who loves our quirky loves little podcast. And in that case, wouldn't we love to hear from you? But what I'll do is tomorrow, I will take some photos like from my phone to the house. I'll pass yes, by please. Because that's where I get my city bike. Yes, please. <laughs> so I don't look for my city bike. So I'll do that tomorrow. And then I'll, I'll share the pictures that I take. I'll take a quick selfie so you can even see me there. Yes. Like, oh, look, he's there. Look, he's there. Truly. There. Look at that. And then be uh, see if you can figure out how someone might jump over a whole lot of flour that was placed in the like, walkway. Hey, ghost! <laughs> it's a lot of bullshit if it's bullshit, you know? Yeah, that is a lot of bullshit. That's so weird. It's so weird. Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, but yeah, so uh, so thanks for for listening. I'm so glad that uh, we got to celebrate the little Same. Christmas episode together. Um, uh, as always, um, follow us on our socials at NY Mystery Machine on Facebook and Instagram at NY Mysteries on Twitter for now and. Um, <laughs> uh, where else? Uh, you can email us New York Mystery Machine yep. at gmail dot com. Yep. Um, that's great. You can do that there. Let us know your theories. Last week I asked you for some theories. Um, a few got got back to us. So as always, drop theories. We love we love to hear what you guys think are is happening to these weird houses. Uh, and again, if you have any ideas or thoughts for future episodes, let us know. We'll do that as well. Uh, join a Patreon if you're interested. Uh, and uh, patreoncom slash anyway, mystery machine. Eat a sandwich. Jump on that. Jump on that deal before December ends. Uh, we're off next week. We are in honor of the holiday. And then we're we're back in, in the, new, the year. new year, 2023. 2023. How exciting! How bizarre! What is time? Well, everyone, have the most happiest of holidays. Whatever you celebrate, Christmas, all the holidays, it doesn't matter. Whatever you celebrate, have a happy one of those. Um, stay safe. 
stay warm, stay COVID free. Um, what'd you say? Eat some cookies. Eat some cookies. Um, stay COVID free. COVID's back, y'all. I know. I had a couple, I had them last month. It was terrible. <laughs> um, and just you know, have a have a great time with with family, friends. However you however you celebrate. Uh, I've been Adam Ace. I'm Christine Marinelli. We'll see you in the new year. Thanks for taking a ride in the new Mystery Machine. Tammy Hall, but for ghosts. Those holly jolly Christmas ghosts. <laughs>